this podcast exists and has no real actual ads on it because of our Patreon. You can support us over at patreon.com forward slash null plus void. Well, this is our first episode. It needs a big intro. Something big and exciting. But you, we were doing it earlier. Live from Los Angeles, California. East Hollywood. East of the Hollywood sign. In a partially demolished building. In something that was available at a reasonable price. The toilet's outside. It's full of leaves. Featuring two guys you may not care about. There's a motorcycle sidecar in the courtyard, abandoned. A couch and a bathtub. We found a VHS of Die Hard. Which is true. That's true. We'll show that in the next one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Nolan Void podcast. I don't have a name for this. Calling it Nolan Void is pretty cool. accurate. People ask, am I Noel? Are you Void? And I how said, they ask that? The person at the bank calling a company Nolan Void was a bad idea because we have a, a symbol in our LLC and it is Bit us in the ass multiple times already. I mean, I, I legitimately think it's going to be hard filing taxes this year because yeah. they already. I tried looking up our uh, tax ID number with the the so it's filed in Texas, yeah. and they're like, we don't have a, a null and void. It's like, no, 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 it's null plus void. And they're like, so it's a null space void. It's like, no, 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 no plus void. And they're like, well, in our database, a plus is a space. And I was like, fuck. The internet continues to evolve. And other places don't really keep up. So, like, if you apply for um, a website or you know, like a, a loan or anything like that, and you have a dot cool or a dot info or a dot whatever, they're like, uh, please use a real URL. We we don't want any fake URL bullshit. I'm like, no, it's a real one. So I have to make a Bitly every time because it recognizes a Bitly. So I have to take like rook dot cool or whatever dot info, whatever like we're working on. So yeah, we are so fucked. We have fucked ourselves. And the the thing is, is it was all based. The whole reason of a null existing is because of that stupid asshole in the Northeast who did it with his license plates. And and we were like, that's really funny. Yeah, that he tried to game the system by setting his uh, license plate to null and ULL. And he's like, oh, I won't even be detectable. (sighs) And it ended up fucking him over because then he ended up getting every parking ticket that didn't have an assigned license plate number to it. Right. And now he has $75,000 in parking (laughs) tickets on a car. He doesn't even own any. Well, his thought was if I put null, I'm invisible. No one will find me except in the system. Null comes up more than anything else. So it all went to him in the government. Zero definitely exists. Like that is probably the most valuable number. Of any number. Yeah. It's like zero. No, yeah. Zero is a real thing and it will fuck you and it's fucking us. I don't like um, those those camera lights, those camera camera or the um, the red light cameras. I don't know if they have them in Austin. They're all over in L.A. still. There's a couple. My uh, family members of mine who are in law enforcement have told me, yeah, you don't have to pay those. Those aren't the city's not going to come after you. That's a private company. They'll sell, send a bill collector. Are you, you're not aware of these? Oh no, I know. Cause they, uh, they end up pushing it to like a, an agent. Yeah. A bill collection, collection yeah. agency, but, but it can fuck your credit over. You, maybe. Yeah. It's to stop someone from just from a distance shooting it with a paintball gun. Nothing. That's what all yeah. the French did. Like the French, yeah. when they started putting in, uh, speed cameras and all, all sorts of like highway cameras, they, I think they destroyed all of them. Yeah. Like all of them. Uh, truck. I think it was 
they did something for truckers where they were trying to um, monitor truckers or way stations or something like that. And all the truckers destroyed all the cameras. Good. And that's how, like, uh, you know, Americans make fun of France all the time, but like they forget, like, that's where you get that fuck you attitude from like mm-hmm. starting in the 1700s like it's from france yeah and you see it whenever they try and enact some law you know about anything like mm-hmm. you know they burn the masks off their faces or whatever they're doing they weren't doing that but well, i remember like notre dame you're like oh it's a lovely church it's like that thing was for like satanic rituals at one point i mm-hmm. think uh like a bob hope special it's it's never been used for churching it's Disney used it for, <laughs> for uh, monetary gain. Mm-hmm. One of my earliest memories of traveling, I, I, I lived a weird childhood because I was raised in a way that it was like, we're poor, which was just a way for the parental figures in my life to not give me money. Or if I asked for something, no, we don't have any money. But then I specifically remember being 12 years old and flying to France as a kid. Because my grandparents wanted us to go there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember as a kid being like, we're flying internationally. Flew TWA before that was shut down. Nice. I think a week later, the same flight that we were on was shot down by a missile. Or and I remember the one went over was the... Was it like Lockerbie or something? Or no, what? no was the, I remember the one that went over the, the Atlantic and it went missing. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'd flown like a week before and, that one. And the government was like, it definitely was not cruise missiles. So mm. like, we didn't say anything about mm. that. They're like, well, it wasn't. Yeah. We, <clears throat> in case you asked that. Hang up. Yeah, it was weird. Anyway... I remember going to France as a kid, um, and we did the uh, what's the river, the River Rhine or whatever, the yeah. the little tour they do. My grandparents, oh, you're gonna love this, this is great. It's By the Eiffel Tower, you yeah, yeah. There? So like you go down at night, it's really nice. Except all the people along the edge are drinking and flashing their cocks and assholes, and my grandparents are just very just looking forward, just in, like almost embarrassed. And and I'm I'm just looking at mom's like don't look, and I'm just like. It, at first it was just mooning. I was like, okay, that's fine. And then it was just flapping cocks up and down for about two and a half miles, like kilometers. Um, but that was, that was uh, my first taste of culture. Your of first France. taste of France. Yeah. Some no, no. My, my first taste of France was when we landed, go to the international airport to Gaulle or whatever. And then I go in the bathroom, washing my hands. Um, they had the dispenser. Oh, yeah. yeah. And there was a piece of shit on it. Like a, like a nugget of someone's fecal matter. And I was just like, I hate France. I like the thought of some dude walking up to that thing, shuffling up, everyone watching it. He drops trout, or maybe he just shuffles from the stall and his pants are around his ankles. It's out of toilet paper. And he just proceeds to wipe with that, that cause it's the thing that rolls around. That, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how it gets clean. I don't think it what does. It does, but it's like, it's like the dry cleaning where someone just, flicks off a little bit of food it's done i i assumed he just wiped so horribly and he was like drawing his hands and it was still there oh he's like that's not my ring and then i'm also stupidly i realize now i was assuming it was a french person it's an airport could have been anybody probably could have been an american it could have been a beautiful english person but that's probably an asian that's my bigotry sinking in yeah what did you say? It was probably an Asian. That's Something racist. Like that. So we were talking earlier about um, feeding a family. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're talking the, the fast food versus making it yourself kind of dilemma that always comes up. I don't remember how we came, how we were talking about that. I, mean, I was just talking about it because 
I went to the dollar store the other day and I was like, there's a lot of you cheap food. Dollar twenty five store. It is dollar twenty five now. Yeah. Yeah. So they raise their prices. You didn't know about that? No, I didn't hear about it. I don't read this or this is how bad anything. inflation is right now. That, that's what I, I was like, this country's going to hell. The dollar store now it's like everything says dollar, you know, dollar they they literally raise their prices twenty five percent. But the funny thing is though, too, as a side tangent, they were like you know, realistically, you know, we kind of put ourselves in a in a corner there with the name, of the, the name of the company. And sure. we were like, oh yeah, no shit. There was well, a dollar store when I was a little kid. Well, yeah. It, well, it's Dollar Tree for, yeah. for us, where we are. There's still the ninety nine cent store, which I guess is it's a dollar twenty five now. Still, all of them. I think have, you have different. Th- so it has to all be owned by one company. I'm yeah, sure. it's Dollar Tree. I think in in Texas too. Okay, we just call it the Dollar Store. Or is there also a Dollar Store? Dollar Tree looks like a place where you get your taxes done. It's it, a big green logo. In like no, I, I know. Thick I can font. see it. But you were thinking of the Dollar Store. What shopping there for? What? Well, because you just for fun. I think you go look at the food section, and it's all. A pizza, you know, the size of a cookie sort mm-hmm. of thing, like a very small cookie. It's just none of it really makes sense. But I was like, hey, you could if you were on the verge of starvation, like you could eat decently, like you could survive on stuff like that. It's just I'm as I grew up as an adult and I started feeding myself, you realize, oh, God, eating out's expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, basic grocery shoppings pretty bad and if you try to get a deal it's most likely you're getting stuff that's about to expire so you have to be like safe in that regard and then like at some point you're just like i just get a costco membership and just get the good stuff because it's going to last longer and it's you get it in bulk but you realize you're spending more so like there's there's that part of me just because of the way i was raised i want to live as cheaply as possible and i want to just stretch every dollar as much as humanly possible but i don't think you'll be healthy i think you'll be missing a lot of nutrients and you'll just be eating the same thing every day. See, that's where I was like, no, no, no. I think you can because we were talking about like, you know, fast food. It immediately throws that out because like that gets expensive. Like for now, you know, if so equating back to when it was my dad raising me and my brother, right? In today's dollars, it'd be like if we went and ate at a McDonald's, it'd be like 20 bucks, 25 bucks or something like that. right? Today. My dad the other day, like literally three weeks ago, was like, yeah, I used to feed you and your brother on $2.50 in a night. And I was like, so what? That would be you know, five bucks now or something like that. But even then, that's like – it's yeah, kind of wild to think about because you, you make a pasta or something and – this is like the ration podcast. <laughs> the world is ending. He'd it's boil probably a bone. best to figure out how to survive. Well, it's – okay. So it goes back to the classic uh, – I don't have time to cook thing. You know, if you're, if you're poor, if you're financially, uh, what would be the term, the correct term for it? If you're in financial hardship, um, as Carlin would say, uh, no, no. If, if you're poor, fucking poor, it's tough to do things, but my dad would, you know, take 20 minutes to make taco night or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. it'd be like, some shitty tortillas with block cheese and beef and an onion and tomato and just, you know, and, you know, brown the beef. And then you have food for three days after 20 minutes, right. as opposed to like going to the drive through and waiting in the drive through and then feeding like all this fucking salt to your kids. You're and- putting gas in the car. You're, you're, putting miles on the car. It's all those things you don't factor you're in beating your children in the drive through lane. And your hand hurts. Yeah. You have to buy ice. 
the uh, your Chevy Tahoe is is idling rough because it's overheating, right? Or the speed bump at that McDonald's isn't so great, but you can't go to the other one anymore because you know why you harassed <laughs> the uh, drive-through attendant, or right? Whatever. You're not a, your your money's no longer good there. Yeah, I was just we were talking about that, and I just think I don't know. Like I, I think it's a classic. Like I think it could be done because I saw it done. But everyone's circumstances are different. I remember my dad having two jobs and going back to school and, and fighting in the war and, you know, doing all the things he was doing. He wasn't doing that. Like, uh, his, the war in his trying head. Trying to add on yeah. things. So like, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you know, and still, you know, at, and I'm sure it sucked, but like 20 minutes and then he had a meal for three days. It cost five bucks. Yeah. In today's no, life. you can do that. And I, I still... I mean, yeah, you got to buy the Instapot or the clay pot or whatever if you want to, you know, I, there's that way to splurge. But, like, if you really want to – I always bring up the point of, like, what if you don't have the means to cook things? Like, you don't have – you know, you still have to buy the hot plate. Like, how do you cook things on the cheap if you don't have access to a kitchen? Do you mean if you're, like, if you're homeless? Borderline? You know, maybe you have to sell your oven because you needed to pay Say the rent. Say you're in a little studio space. Yeah. That's falling apart. Okay. The bathroom doesn't work. Uh Uh-huh. The fridge is facing the wall for some reason. The doors are up against the wall. Okay. I'm having a hard time imagining this place, but keep trying. And uh, you need to make a meal. Okay. Okay. Is there dust on the floor? Yeah. There's there's dust particles in the air. Okay. It's making you kind of congested while you're speaking. Just... Try and imagine a place like okay. that. It's, it's blurry, but sure. My thought would be you start a fire in the living room <laughs> directly. To stay warm. Sam could. <laughs> and then maybe you, you might not even say you record in this space. You might record somewhere else the uh-huh. next day. Yeah, because, well, can I afford the insurance on this place? I think you could get a policy that... Uh, you take advantage of pretty quickly because something happens to the space. That's a good idea. You know, that's <laughs> sorry. That's some, all right. Some dust. G- getting <laughs> <laughs> this is why I know living in Los Angeles is a bad idea. When I tried to get earthquake insurance, it was very hard. Yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't it be? I yeah, mean, it's, it's like trying to get hurricane insurance in in Houston or New Orleans or right. something. They're like. Are you fucking crazy? Like, lo- you still get life insurance at the airport? Can you? That was always the thing where it's like good business when you really think about it. The chances of you dying in a plane are pretty low. Like astronomically. Oh, so it goes off of fear? I never. I, I think so, but I think there is an irrational fear of flying. I and I get it. It's being in a plane is the when you real like that. You ever have that moment when you're like not to make this into plane talk or travel talk, but. Or dollar store talk. Dollar store, we can have dollar store talk. That's yeah, fine. Right. That's uh, I'm there. I think everyone has that moment when you're on a plane's toilet and you hit turbulence and you, it's the most vulnerable you've ever felt. Yeah. Cause you, you don't want it to be the scene from flight where everyone's buckled in and you're crawling and next thing you know, you're upside down and you get a concussion and die. Mm-hmm. Um, they still lands the plane. That's the best part. You haven't seen flight. No. You Is have, this Denzel Washington? You haven't seen the movie flight. Is that the one with Denzel Washington? Yeah, yeah. Okay, where he's been drinking? Well, so it's a Robert Zemeckis movie. Maybe it's based on a true story. I don't know. The first half of the movie is how fucked up he is on drugs. Right. And he's 
doing blow. It's like you can intercut it with scenes from Wolf of Wall Street. So they're making him look cool. He's so cool. Yeah. He shows up to work with the glasses on. What up, sugar? You know, and pours a bottle of vodka into the orange juice decanter or whatever. And he's just. Wait, he really does? Yeah. That's the pilot I want. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's the coolest pilot ever. And then he has his co-pilot, you know, hey, I'm, I'm, you know, first day on the job. Really happy. You're a plucky guy. And he's like. You got this. Puts his glasses on. He's like, just let me know when we land. And then also, you know, he's like, well, what was that? And like, he's high, drunk, everything, hungover. <laughs> Something goes wrong with the engine. And because Denzel Washington is such a good pilot. And he's Denzel Washington. And he's Denzel Washington. Being fucked up on every known substance. He still figures out how to land the plane, like without an engine or like a wing, or he figures out that he needs to flip the plane upside down to like center itself, reorient itself, lands it. The only person who dies, I believe, is a stewardess who got out to help a child get buckled in. So she like sacrifices <laughs> this noble classic dumbassery. Either way, so they look into it. The whole the rest of the movie is about him just like realizing, like, oh my god, I've I have a problem and it's John Goodman's his dealer and it's this whole long story. So most of it is just, he's going to have to go in front of a committee and explain what happened. But the, his like co-pilot was like, well, he was intoxicated, but it's like, yeah, but he saved everyone's lives. Like it doesn't matter. The airline basically wants to blame it on someone else. And so I believe in the end, he's just said, he breaks down and goes like, yeah, I have a problem. And he goes to jail and gets in trouble for everything, but he gets clean and I'm like, but he landed the plane. But is he? How long does he go to jail for? Like seventy five years. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I for, the last scene is like him behind a chain link fence, and they're like, "You did the right thing," and he's like, "I guess." What year is this supposed to take place in? Like modern, modernish day, two thousand tens. You know. See, like if this was like the nineteen seventies, and it was like, well, I guess it was like they would Denzel Washington would be flying the plane, but like say it's nineteen seventies right. sure. and you know, it's not racist America. He's flying the plane mm. and he's stoned and all this stuff, blah blah blah, and he flips it upside down and works it and goes backwards, whatever else yeah. he does, and he lands it. I mean, just a hero immediately. And there's no there's no ability to spin it otherwise, because it's like yeah, he was drunk, but that gave him the confidence he needed right, right. You know, to whatever. We all have a little booze up in yeah. the sky. Yeah, it's you know, like a high like, club. Let's. I'm yeah. a doctor before brain surgery. A little yeah. sniff of brandy or whatever. Yeah. Cocaine, typically. Or no, it was. I never watched the show. Not Peaky Blinders. It was one of them where, with uh, Clive Owen. And I guess he would inject his dick with cocaine. Oh yeah, didn't watch it. No, I, I saw. I saw the first episode. I'm like, this is gross. That makes me wonder. I, w- I was thinking about this the other day. Can there will can there be legends anymore? Like either both from a person perspective or from just a you know like a the legend of the whatever. Like can there be like hero type people mm-hmm. anymore or, or like magic type things that happen? Mm-hmm. Is that even possible? No. Anymore? Well, because I mean, it's why we don't get any photos of UFOs anymore. That's what. Te- yeah. Technology what is at. yeah. Technology killed magic. Like that's gone. But like um will tom hanks play you in a movie of anyone you know the, me the, personally no not you okay. I, i'm saying like like yeah someone who the mr rogers is of the world the perfect record the like you know i was reading something recently about like walt disney he talked about and i don't know if this how much of it was true but 
he talked about it's on Wikipedia, so it has to be true. Yeah, <laughs> I've written some Wikipedia. It's not but, true, but he he had a pretty healthy understanding of who Walt Disney was versus the flawed individual he actually was. So he would tell people like, well, Walt Disney doesn't drink or smoke knowing that like of what make what building someone up too high. Yeah. I think think he he knew how the world perceived Walt Disney and he knew what people wanted. They wanted a clean, good, wholesome time, but he was also smart enough to go. I'm not that, but I'm trying, I'm projecting an image of what I want to be, Uh but also probably going home and having some brandy and, you know, literally pointing at everything with a cigarette. That's why like, he does the two fingers. Just yeah, yeah. constantly. So yeah, do that. His so, head was frozen. It, you know. Is that true? No, I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, so, but yeah, I mean, that's what, that's a very non-traditional of, of the time, like non-traditional way of viewing things. Cause I guess from that guy's perspective, whatever that guy's name was, but like, uh, George Wikipedia. Oh, you got it from Wikipedia. I got all that from Wikipedia. Okay. Yeah. Well, whoever wrote whatever. You can't change facts. Whatever 35-year-old living with his grandmother was writing, and which is fine. If I'm that 36. You, I'll be 35 in two weeks. Um, if that is what makes you a better Wikipedia writer and you're having fun, that's great. Yeah. Um, Going back to heroes. I just, I don't, I don't know, like, if, I don't think there can ever be magic heroes or legends anymore, ever. I just don't think it can be who's, who's, I guess I'm trying to think of like the most recent legend other than the like, one that pops up into mind that has kind of, you know, people try and, and hack away a little bit into it every time is Michael Jordan, you know, because oh, sure. like, okay. Yes. Every time he comes up now, it's like, yeah, but he gambled and blah, 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 mm. it still doesn't do anything. It's still the mystique and still the, and you know, he was like, he was on top of the world. He did whatever the hell he wanted. He was doing whatever the hell he wanted. Yeah. And he was probably doing some crazy shit. But still, I feel like that's maybe the last here, like legend kind yeah. of. Well, I don't know. It's also that's, I guess, to do it on the other side. I think we want we want that for ourselves and for the world to have someone we can put up on a pedestal or someone we can like aspire to be, right? But then for every 10 people for that. There's always the person who just wants to drag you down and go, yeah, but it's like, what good is that doing you? I get, I mean, I get, I get it. We, I think we can all say I'm itching my nose because there's so much dust in this room. Uh, sure. There's a lot of dust. <laughs> well, I mean, oh yeah, man. Actually, like, look, you can't see this. Well, that's partly sand. That's a shitload of sand. Yeah, that's. You're on a good tangent. I was on a tangent just saying while we have the capacity as human beings to raise one another up, we also have it to bring everyone down into the muck as well and say, yeah, but, and I'm not saying there's any answer. One is better than the other, but I think it's, it is always, maybe it is positive, a positive thing to go. Yeah, we are all human. We're all flawed. We have problems. We try to overcome them. I think that's the ultimate thing is did the person ultimately be that this so like, Jordan example had a gambling problem, uh-huh. pretty obvious. Possibly lost his dad because of it. That's I don't know that, that that's speculation. That was speculation. It could have just been a random killing. Yeah. The whole story is just tragic. Either I mean, man, some psychopath could probably put it together. Like, well, he was driving the car that Michael got him, and had he not got him that car, and um, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. There was just it's a National Enquirer over here. It was actually a podcast that The Rock produced. What, really? Yeah, it was like 
not the rest of the story, not quite that level, but it's like what really happened. And they like deep dive on rumor and speculation and stuff like that. And it's like, did Michael Jordan's gambling habit kill? And I was like, Michael Jordan was, he probably left the NBA because uh, who knows? Things are much more complicated than just, yeah. he had a gambling problem. So he mainly was like, we pissed off the wrong people or yada, yada. And the way he phrased things. And it, it's like watching the way George Harrison left the Beatles. And I was like, oh, it, was, it was crazy. It was madness. And then we have footage of him going, I'm going to leave. See in the clubs and like, and like real quick. And then like sheepishly runs away. And like, yeah, that's kind of more like real life. How that happens. Yeah. Where it's just, yeah, they just kind of stop talking. Like you just, it's usually not so black and white, but people want the easy black and white story. So you want to make sense of things. So Michael Jordan's dad died, but why? Like chaos. Anyway. I don't know. Someone drove by and saw him on a car. They wanted his car. There was a struggle. He shot him and that's how it goes. But what do you, hold on, wait a second. You're taking me off. So, but you're going into the more human aspect of like, I, I think he can be for, I think you can look at someone like Jordan and go, his accomplishments far outweigh any wrongdoing. I think like also Michael uh, Jackson is like the perfect example of that. He will live on because his music was so good and he was so influential that, or even like freaking like Sammy Sosa or uh, Mark McGuire or, you know, it's like people still say like home run King. I'm like, yeah, I guess. but he was on steroids. Like, yeah, but he's the home run king. But I'm trying to think of like more universal heroes that are like Teddy oh, Roosevelt. Well, punched a kangaroo. There, I mean, there's like a Teddy Roosevelt, but I, I'm trying to think of someone that's like so beloved or so like, yeah, you can't almost untouchable. Bob Saget. Yeah, Bob Saget. No one has a negative thing to say about Bob Saget. No, true, and that's a whole nother thing to get on as far as like the ability to almost lived two lives, but two of his, I think he was both of those things. He was yeah. both like the aristocrats, Bob Saget, and he's full house, Bob Saget, which is insane. You can to be me. a dirty comedian and be very lovely to people. Well, no, no, you can do that. But they were both, they were both his, his, he wasn't pretending to be either one of those. And it was like this whole kind of encompassing human, but it seemed like a dichotomy, mm. but I'm trying to think of like an example of like, uh, uh, like a, I don't know. I, magic is the closest thing that that kind of comes to it. But magic and legends, like, like David Copperfield, sort of, or a Houdini, or a something Jesus like that. Christ. Yeah, I mean, but maybe more contemporary. I was thinking of like because things are okay. It's an example of like someone, um, you know, uh, they befriend a tiger. Right. Sure. Okay. You know, yeah. and you're like this guy, he was friends with the tigers mm -hmm. and he used to run around and he lived with these tigers, blah, blah, blah. And you're, just, and you're like, wow, that's unbelievable. And you just build up this magic in your head. Mm -hmm. And then you actually see it, it's like, uh, he's, he's full of meth and he, you know, and there's tigers and, and he would actually shoot all the tigers when he was done with it. And just all this stuff. And you're like, does it, there's the one hand of, Oh, you see the human side of legends and heroes and people you aspire to be, you know, AKA Walt Disney, Jordans, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But then there's the other side of it that I wonder if like, you want that almost city upon a hill person where you're like, they are, they're so fucking awesome. That is so fucking awesome that it, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's tall tales. It's that right. kind of stuff. And I understand the human side because it makes you go like, I'm flawed too, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But then you lose some of the magic of this side of the, you know, infallible, like 
that's a fucking, you know, rock and roller to the end, like can do no wrong. That is awesome. You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, like going back to what I said, I think technology is a big reason why we don't have that anymore. Myth, legend, any of that stuff, because there's always going to be the, the guy in the Reddit thread. He goes, uh-huh, actually the way they did it. And you go, I sure, you know, you do, you want to know how the magic trick was done because you want to just take the fun out of the room or are you like genuinely curious? Cause you want to get good at it. Like part of the fun of like magic is you're, you're believing because you want to believe in, I guess, something bigger than yourself or there's hope that there's like some, some element out there, something that you don't understand that they, nothing can explain it when the sad truth is most things can be explained and the unexplainable is probably our brains are not capable of comprehending it. Which part of me, I fucking hate that space I, magic. I hate that everything can be explained in such like a, uh, but I also love it because it builds on knowledge and makes you a more knowledgeable person. You understand your world better. You understand people better. You hate Nietzsche. Well, I, I don't know what I hate. I've, I've been seeing someone who's very uh, analytical and, and practical-minded, a, a doctor, and she can explain everything that I come across. Mm-hmm. I'm very dumb in, in her terms. I mean, she would never call me that, but I would call me that. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, wow, man, that was incredible. This, you know, thing we just saw. And she'll go, why? Well, you know, it's a, it's a metamorphosis of the, this and this and this. And I go, I liked it when I thought it was magic. You right. Know, like, You're and, talking about the fly. Sorry. Jeff Goldblum, right? I'm sorry about how the remote control works with the TV, but, um, yeah. but yeah. And it's like, I don't know. Part of me misses the, the magic and lore of things of like not being able to immediately, immediately explain not, I'm not talking about like, what are germs or, sure. you know, I'm talking about like, so the guy flew a plane upside down, mm-hmm. like that's fucking awesome. And then you actually see the YouTube video of it and it kind of like goes to the side and then it kind of comes back down. It's yeah. like, you don't have those tall tales anymore. And I don't know how to deal. I, I feel like you lose some magic, but I don't know. I, most things come back around. So I think. I think one day we're all going to just throw our phones in the river and we're going to go, no, we want legends. We want myth. And we're just going to regress as a society and go back into huts. My hope. <laughs> well, I was thinking about, I know I keep, I know I've been bothering you the last couple of weeks with David Lee Roth stuff and I'm sorry. You're, I get it. He's your idol friend, but that's what I'm getting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He, I, I, as I a kid, he was. Yeah. And then I started learning all this stuff <laughs> That, you know, uh, first of all, let me preface this by saying I did not uh, idolize David Lee Roth, but I thought he was a uh, fucking uh, a god yeah. of sorts right. of, you know, because not in one that you would worship, but one you were like, that dude, is that's crazy. Mm-hmm. He's, that's, he's lived the life. Yeah. But then as you get older, you're like, this, this man is, he's lost his mind many years ago, you know, but yeah. I was thinking about the legend of Van Halen's brown M&M's thing. Do you, right. Do you, so the, I, I understand, but the, the, I, let me see if I do a good job of saying it for their per diem, another per diem, their, uh, their writer, they would tell their contract, their writer, contract writer. Yeah. yeah. They would say, and by the way, all the M&M's need to be brown in the dressing room. Right. But they only put that in there to make sure they were paying attention to the writer or paying attention to the contract. That's yeah. So yeah, Van Halen was basically yeah. like, yeah, we show up to a show. All those M&Ms better be Brown right. or where, or they would trash the hotel or they trash the, the room and then mm-hmm. they wouldn't play. 
And at first that was the legend. That was like the party legend. It's like Van Halen is so crazy. They only brown M&Ms. And then otherwise they, they won't even play the show in your city. They'll trash the room and leave. And then it comes, you know, you eventually find out, oh, that's part of how they made sure the details were there. But I think that was injected because they felt like they had to say something mm. or it, what, maybe it was a detail that they wanted to go into. But then you find out later, it's like, oh, that, that thing didn't even exist a lot of times. They, I don't think there was really the brown M&M clause. They would just, they would put it in every now and then. And just like right. slowly over the years, the magic gets ruined, even though David Lee Roth insists that it was always in there. And you kind of go, oh, well, it's so much cooler when it was, it was this, but were you just kind of putting blinders on? And, um, you know, uh, another example is, is, uh, you know, David Lee Roth, like obviously doing the, the fan thing where they had the, the fan, uh, competition, you know, where they, oh, the fan, yeah, and the, the fan gets brain damage and right. Which that was really disappointing. Yeah. Which it was, you know, you, you yeah. had heard legend of that forever. Yeah. You know, it's like, Oh yeah. Van Halen, they took this fan. They, they put it in movies or I think stuff too, where they're like, yeah, Van Halen like messed up this family. They, yeah. they gave him brain damage, but it was really like, never did they ever say a man with a pre pre-existing, pre-existing brain, condition, yeah. uh, bumped his head and then like the stories he tells are kind of lame where he's like we heard people in the bathroom and then someone's pants came off or in a shower or something i just remember hearing a belt buckle hit tile but what happened like i've seen roadhouse (laughs) i've seen david lee roth normally Uh, yeah that's like so people had sex in the bathroom after a Van Halen show. That's the, and he's like, you know, I drank a lot. And then I, uh, in the middle of the night in my hotel room, I bumped my head on something and it's like, Oh, Oh, that's lame. Well, this, and this all started coming about. Cause like, I think David Lee Roth's about to die because he's canceling his, his Vegas shows. And it started making me feel real. A lot of our heroes, you mentioned Bob Saget. Um, there are more of them than ever. Betty White yeah. before her time, you know, like they're dying. That's arguable. They're dying. And it, well, it started making me feel really old. And I started thinking yeah. when I started thinking about the David Lee Roth thing, when he canceled his, his remaining shows in Vegas, and it's like, I'm not going to play anymore. I started thinking about my evolution from a kid seeing him because they played the they played the jump video all the time on MTV yeah, when I course. was a kid. And I remember being like, oh yeah. And I didn't understand at the time, like um my you know, my dad would say something like, Oh, you're watching real Van Halen. I was like, I don't understand what he means by that. He's like, he's like, not Van Hagar. And I didn't understand. Right. And then I'd see another Van Halen music video. And there'd be this curly haired man singing and I go, but what happened to the other guy with the tight pants? Fun guy. Yeah. yeah. And then that's when I started, that was about the time my parents started getting divorced and I started seeing uh, Van Halen in the lens of divorce. Wow. Now you're saying, yeah. So okay. I didn't understand that, that a band could have two different lead singers and sure. still be the same band. Gotcha. Right. I, I I couldn't understand an actor could play two different roles, especially if they were an actor who is not very transformative, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sure, you see this. You yeah. either see the same person or you see a different thing. Right. You know. And I was like, this is a different. How's these aren't the same? They don't sound the same. One is like, and the other one's like, you know, like that's the best same. That's fine. Two sides of the same coin. And so as I started digging through that, I was like. I realized that 
you know, originally I looked at David Lee Roth, like David Lee Roth, like the fun, irresponsible parent. He's dead. He, yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's the, you know, he's reckless. He's wearing the fucking pants he was wearing when you did. Like, it confuses you as a child. It confuses you as a child because you're like, I can see it all. I can see your ass and you're like wearing zebra chaps yeah. and I can see your ass and I think your face is painted. <laughs> and why are there dwarves everywhere? Why are there little people everywhere? That was David Ross thing. He was like, you know, I personally directed this video and yeah. the direction is he's in a ship captain's costume <laughs> and there's, there's what he would say are midgets dancing right. around. And he didn't direct it as much as no one said no. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. He's yeah. like, I'm going to, I'm going to direct the, This is all my direction. Mm-hmm. And he's flying through the air, you know, and he's wearing assless chaps and there's just smoke. There's no cohesion. He's like, that was my vision, mm-hmm. you know? So that's the fun, you know, person that grew up. And then they're like, oh, well, he left because of his own, you know, he's like, this band's too small for me, the biggest band in the world. And so he decides to go do his own thing, divorce then. And then Sammy Hagar comes in. I was like, oh, this is like, this is the step parent that comes in who's like, has been in a previous marriage, is older. And is like, I know how to make this right. I know how to make this successful. And I'm, I'm going to be the guidance you never had. But it's also fucking boring. Right. You know, he's not flying through the air. He's singing about love the entire time. <laughs> Free where I'm going with this. But basically. He's, Sammy Hager is your stepdad. He's my stepdad until they eventually got rid of him for Gary Schroen. And then they went back to David Lee Roth. <laughs> so it's basically like an American marriage tale. But what I was getting at is. Watching David Lee Roth over these years as being a young kid from, you see the cool idol to like the tragic figure who only becomes self-aware when it's too late, when he's, he's painted on his hair enough and his, you know, uh, Eddie Van Halen, his former wife died. You know, you could say that's his, that was a marriage or whatever. Sure. Yeah. But anyway, Partner. it started making me feel, uh, under so being more self-aware of where I'm at in life and and who the heroes are and th- them just being people, but also their mortality, which was depressing. So I started watching <laughs> old Van Halen videos, and that was how it started going. I, I look. I, I I'll say this then. Just there. I think there are two ways to look at it. As most, oh, there's multiple ways of looking yeah, at anything. Through David Lee Roth, Sammy Hagar. <laughs> I was saying you could look at it and go. It's really sad that Robert Durst died, but what a life, you know, you know, he lived it all. He did it. And it's Betty White. All of them are like taken too soon. I I had this thought with, um, uh, isn't it? I'm the Charlie Watts who just died recently of the Rolling Stones. Yeah. And it's sad. Yes. I think he made it close to his nineties. He's in one of the greatest rock bands of all time. The youngest one, but whatever. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I get your point. I'm, I'm, he lived a lot, big, long life. Yeah, even I was gonna say, even in the span that he lived, he lived more lives than we will ever mm-hmm. live, and was surrounded by his family. Went at a, out at an old age. Like you can be sad, but I think you can also be really happy for someone and go, "Well, they lived. They 
that's the aspiration. That's the thing of like, look at David Lee Roth and look at all the things he accomplished or uh, hopefully remembers, you know, yeah, <laughs> <It's, laughs> during that, that, uh, that promo when the women are holding his head up, he's like, you're going to, you're going to go to the Bahamas with us. <laughs> My favorite is when he describes himself. He goes, uh, I'm the postmaster general of the immoral majority. And people are like, the fuck did he just say? Like, yeah. what does that mean? <laughs> One time, not to go on about it, but the press hadn't heard from him for a while. Yeah. This is like the late 80s or early, I mean, it was the 90s or something. And they're like, what's David Lee Roth up to? And then a couple weeks, all the press outlets get this video in the mail from David Lee Roth, uh, another direction uh, from him. And uh, it's this video of him doing samurai sword fighting, flying through the air, again, all with little people all around him. It's, it takes place around his pool. I think a lot at his house and it's like him meditating and it's to him, it's an experimental film, but it's obviously David Lee Roth bought a video camera. He had access to all these midgets around his house and he's like, let's shoot a movie and and find some bimbos, you know? And Mm -hmm. then he sent this out as like, David Lee Roth is coming back. And the press was like, this is, uh, this is the workings of a madman. I see the parallels between that and, uh, trying to start a podcast through Patreon in a, uh, a, a cracked in. It's a, I think a cracked in. We're not even at cracked in. We're, we're trying to build this place up to a cracked in. I wouldn't show up here to buy drugs. No. Oh, God, no. You wouldn't be coming back. Actually, I want to watch that David Lee Roth video yeah, real yeah. quick. Get ready for the MTV Lost Weekend with Van Halen. Do you have the guts to enter this contest? Destination unknown. He's not there. You have no he has, he has no idea where he is. We shouldn't call it a contest because he's like, I get the girls, right? Yeah. There's the jump. Here's what yep. we can do. We'll wait till the last minute to let you in on where and when you're going. Just drop us the right postcard, and a big black limo takes you and a friend of the MTV Lear Jet. Then you're off on the lost weekend with Van Halen. This ain't no one night stand. <laughs> That's right, you win two days of Van Halen. You're gonna get to fuck for a while. <laughs> How about a little joyride in the back of my limo? MTV gives you a thousand bucks and unmarked bills and a portable VCR, so you will have the evidence on videotape. That's the weird part. The him saying you have evidence. Footloose. Oh, yeah. Footloose tie You get a video game system. You get to watch a Kevin Bacon movie. That's the thing. You get a Honda Nighthawk. <laughs> What's he doing with her hand? I think she's like, she's trying to like go. He doesn't know she's there. New York, New York, hey. Oh, it's racist. should mail that. He's, he has to read the contest rules, and he's holding that woman's hand like, Right where for him in uh, lower 48 <laughs> states. Just, uh, no Canadians. <laughs> he can't go from Hawaii. I forget what, how the guy won, or like, was it he was he was underage or something, or he lied? He just, I mean, he just entered the contest. Oh, they said you couldn't have any, like, pre-existing conditions and he lied about it and he didn't tell him that he had head trauma originally or like seizures or something. Yeah. Like he's prone to seizures, something like that. But even that documentary was a letdown. It's like 14 minutes, 15 minutes. I, I remember I told you, I remember like texting you like, Oh my God, it's up. It's available. It's only a 15 minute documentary on YouTube. And then we, we talked about it and you're like, yeah, that sucked. 
I don't even know what kind of, what band would do something like that now that you would that is popular enough that you'd want to go right. like go to church with Imagine Dragons, go Mumford and Sons, and play banjo while drinking hot tea. You know, it's like no one gives a fuck about. I, I think they probably get a little rowdy at least because they're English. I, they might be like, yeah, get drunk after a football game. It's that's what soccer's called over there. Wacky. You will be supervised. You'll get in a diesel diesel hatchback and drive, you know, through the Coxwalds. Like, right. it's not the same as you get to DM with Drake on Twitter, you know? Like, right. Uh, but so, like, I mean, what, I don't even know who would who would be big enough, and then also be broad enough, and then would want to do something like that. Yeah, to where it'd be such an event. I don't know. Like, you'd almost it'd have to be something like. Fucking some stupid YouTube bullshit like Jake Paul or something, someone like that. It's like, oh god, lost weekend with Jake Paul. Yeah. Well, maybe that's how we get you one. <laughs> it's like, like, I think he's, I think he's got court cases because I was gonna say, like, do you want to be left holding <laughs> yeah. the bag? <laughs> like, what new scam will you be a part of? He's like, Your Honor, there was a fan that was in my house. I don't know where he went. You want that guy? So maybe not that, but you know, I don't know what the equivalent would be. Also, you couldn't do that. Also, you can't give away a fucking motorcycle. You can't give away anything. You can't do any of that shit yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, you can't give away an Xbox because they're impossible to get. Yeah. Or you can't give them a PlayStation because that's. Well, no, uh, you put the asterisk next to it. It says does not contain video card <laughs> in the contest rules. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's another one of those legends. Like, that's a legend right there. That's a that's a right. a thing that. I don't know. I, I get that there's as society progresses, you know, you can't regresses. Yeah, yeah regresses. But you can't do these them. crazy things where you're like, oh yeah, you know, we're uh, you can't have real rifles at the fair, you know, shooting a target. You can't have all this crazy dangerous stuff anymore. But yeah. like cannonballs, yeah, you know, stuff like that. Th- yeah. But that's like that's magic. That's <laughs> that's pure magic. It is. It is magic in a sense too that they're they're selling a lifestyle. They never say it, but they're like, "You're going to do drugs and it's get aspirational. laid." Yeah, I mean, like without saying the words, because they're like, "We all know what Van Halen does. We all know what it's like to be a rock star, which is not something you should be looking up to." But you know, the, but as a kid, I did. As a kid, you wanted to do yeah. lines of coke off of anything. I, I wanted two women to hold me up while I wore assless chaps. You know, you know I didn't he, know where I was. He went to bed after that. Well, you know, they, yeah, they filmed that probably like call times eight in the morning. Dave's like, I'll be there. And he just stayed up the entire night <laughs> and like comes in and they're like, Oh fuck. I assumed it was after a show. And that was just, and they're like, we got a hotel room upstairs. We just need to film like they're Cincinnati or something. And they're like, we just, we need you for four seconds. It's like, can I bring girls? And they're like, we sure. got the girls. Yeah. They're, they're there. Yeah. They're they're You know, from central casting, we're bringing them. He's like, all right, well, I approve all the girls I yeah. get to see. Yeah. Them. I direct this. He's like, will there be midgets? <laughs> like, we call them little people, yeah, David. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. I, that's what I call them too. Little midgets. I'm the postmaster. Yeah. I'm the postmaster. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> yeah. It's like, and I'm sure, like, you talk to the people who produce that thing, and they're like, oh, it was awful, and blah, blah, blah. And that ruins legend, too. But, right. like, I don't know. I There are things like that that are special that, you know, it almost makes it not as special, us being able to... I mean, the promo is good. But, right. like, the fact that there's footage that we can now retroactively watch yeah. and see, you know, it takes away from some of the mystery of, like, oh, yeah, it was this thing on MTV. Like, we would be like, yeah... 
Uh, David Lee Roth bursts through the wall on a motorcycle with two women on it, and he goes, "I want you!" and like, mm-hmm. and he gives you his motorcycle, and you get to fly the jet to the concert. You get to play with Eddie Van Halen a little bit of his solo on mm-hmm. stage, like all this stuff. You'd be like, "That's what you remember," right. and that makes it special. And then someone, you know, they embellish. Didn't it. you have head trauma? Yeah. Hey, fuck huh? you. Yeah, I don't. Don't Who question. Said that? <laughs> it's one of the many voices yeah. in your head that just bounce around. But like on that same note, we're talking about the the Beatles thing. Th- so the the legend was, um, well, who can is, I just uh, throw this? In the- <laughs> All right. Does the place look any different? No. Yeah. One day we can't do that. Now, saying that the legend was because there was a tabloid that said Ooh, Paul and uh, or John and uh, one of them, whatever uh, George, got into a fist fight. And they're like, what's this bullshit? Like, we didn't, like, that wasn't true. And then you, there's footage of it, and it's like, well, you see it. And so the legend of the Beatles kind of gets demystified. Yoko didn't break the band up. She sat there and read magazines, and everyone was really cool with each other. And then when they broke, they broke up with smiles. I know. Like, because they're all very proper, fun English people, and they all went off to make their own individual amazing music. So, like, the legend is less interesting, right? Of, like... There was a big fight. They broke up and they never talked again. And I was like, well, you know, it's probably a phone call here and there. Right. And then you find out like John and Paul were hanging out a bunch and like, you know, in their apartments in New York City, you know, later on and stuff. And which is cool and all that. But, you know, it's also it's not as mystical as. Oh, and then John or, you know, Paul was on his way to go meet John when, you know, yeah. Mark David Chapman I started asking about Holden Caulfield yeah. and he said, said he was a phony in the yeah. open fire, you know, whatever. Are they going to do a, a season of criminal minds or whatever on uh, Mark uh, David Chapman? Or? Uh, I don't know because he wasn't a serial killer. No. Oh, but you're talking about criminal. Oh, you're not talking about um, Mind Hunter. Mind Hunter. That's the one. Yeah. Right. Well, I've never. There's only that one hunting. Because that whole did. show is just, they're just interviewing. It's, it's basically a best hits of, oh, I remember that serial killer. Right. I remember, you know, it's, it kind of turns into just that kind of thing. Yeah. But. I only saw the first episode and I was like, I'm bored out of my mind, my criminal mind, my mind hunting uh-huh. mind. Yeah. And I was like, that, hey, it's the guy from uh, Hamilton. The, yeah. And and the other guy from Fight Club who you might remember with a shaved head. Mm-hmm. Um and they're going around doing interviews with criminals which I guess makes it brilliant, right? Is like it's just someone It's doing, a great structure for a show. Right, right. But they're like nothing happens really in the show. It's just they're mm-hmm. going around interviewing the main guy isn't he looks like he's so infatuated with the murderers that he's going to become a murderer or something like a Hannibal Lecter type Thing. The show Hannibal, not the... Yeah. I don't know if you watched the show. It's, what, Mindhunter? No, uh, oh. Hannibal. No, I'm trying to focus on one show at a time that you're talking about, so... There's the, too many. Uh-huh. Um, they should do that with Mark David Chapman. <laughs> He's like, Jodie Foster will love me. Don't have Jared Leto play me and gain a bunch of weight. dipshit, that guy, Mark David Chapman. He's like, like the original like kind of neckbeard incel type. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was reading about him, like, John Lennon was very... He was a multidimensional person, you know, as, as you find out about heroes and people you looked up to, they're just people. Right. And he being an asshole, he's br- brilliant, but he's also very open to people and accepting. There's like, 
<clears throat> there's you probably seen it. There's this video online of him this a long time ago. They're shooting this film at his house or whatever, and this fan happens to show up. It's this Vietnam guy who is just absolutely PTSD. Mm-hmm. Thought he thought the Beatles were speaking to him with their music, and he's like, "What?" The octopus song was for me. Yeah, he's like, "I thought I was Penny Lane," but you mm-hmm. know, everything he was just like, "That wasn't about." me and us and and John Lennon's like no man you know he was it's about everybody I was, I was taking a shit and I just you know I don't know why I went Australian but he's like oh I was taking a, a, a good dump oh, and I you know, decided to dump write about you know that whatever yeah. and he's and this guy who's obviously I mean he's disturbed you can see it in his eyes and yeah. he's been, been homeless a while blah 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 John Lennon ends up talking to this guy for like I don't know half an hour out in his front stoop or whatever and just kind of like leaning against Paul, shooting the shit with him, blah, 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 and kind of explaining like his mindset behind songs, you know, because every song that the guy last about, he's like, well, what about, you know, uh, a Lucy in the Sky with Dimes or, or a Day in the Life? He's like, oh, I was just, you know, putting together funny lyrics. I didn't, they didn't mean anything. Paul wrote that lyric, you know, yeah. and like, the guy's like, huh. Here's then, Paul's address. Yeah. <laughs> Go talk to Paul. Here's his window. Um, <laughs> then eventually John Lennon's like, have you eaten? Come on inside, you know, and yeah. and so they're eating at, in as at his table, you know, just kind of, and the guy's just obviously, you can see, you can see in his eyes, he's like, am I actually here eating, you know, bread with John Lennon and eating jam or whatever he's shoving in his mouth, or whatever, yeah. and um, you can see that that guy is like part of the magic of it's being, you know, taken away purposefully by John Lennon because he's trying to be like you know, preserve himself and be like, no, no, it's not, it's just writing lyrics and it's okay. And I'm not, a, I'm not God and you're not, you know, lower than me and all this stuff. And you see it kind of being erased from the guy, but you also see it's, it's introducing a new emptiness into him where he's like, oh, and who knows what he went and did after. I'm sure someone does. Wait, it was that openness that John Lennon had that ended up being his demise. Cause like people would just be outside of his apartment you know, um, outside of the Dakota building in yeah. New York, which that's a pretty pop, you know, populous kind of walk area and stuff like that. And so, you know, he's like, Oh yeah. I fucking hated John Lennon growing up because the first time I ever, I think the first time I ever heard him was probably from look who's talking as a kid, but not knowing what or who a John Lennon is. But I saw him in Forrest Gump, not knowing what really what the Beatles were. Cause I wasn't raised with the Beatles. I was mm-hmm. like, didn't really understand. I just thought he was this pompous asshole. Who's he like, was. He, but he was, but in a lovable, cheeky kind of way or whatever. But it's because of the way that movie's edited. Because it's from the Dick Cavett show. Yeah. No it, religion? Yeah. No, and then everyone laughs. And that's what I didn't like was it was like, he's yeah, he's saying the words to imagine, which is like, you watch it now, you're like, uh, I didn't get that as a kid. Uh-huh. And he's just, he's just literally saying the lyrics and he's like cutting Forrest Gump off and it's like... It feels really awkward, but you realize the technology they had at the time was a garbage mat mask. In reality, he's sitting next to Yoko and they're being funny and they're telling jokes. So that's why when like forces there, you know, being like, they're a poor country and they're all, they're suffering and dying. He goes, no religion. Everyone goes, ha 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 ha. I was like, why would they find that funny? He's just being an asshole. Mm -hmm. It's because the sound bite they took included a laugh track. track. 
get your shit together, Zemeckis. Yeah. You know, if you're going to make a movie. I always said that that movie, it's the greatest hits of history that people understand and can clap along to. Right. Is what it is. It's like, I remember the Vietnam War. I remember Creed's Clearwater. I remember this. I remember, he said all my favorite things that I, I know from the only time I ever read history in high school. I, I mean, I went through that movie. I saw it in theaters. I saw it in theaters. Three, whatever. So I was less than 10 years old, not knowing anything about history. So when he's like, you know, that's Elvis. I'm like, who the fuck's Elvis? I don't know anything. So yeah, for me, it was like, this guy's just having a great adventure. And then as I get older, I go, oh, they really distilled a lot of this pandering to idiots. It does kind of pander. And I'm like, is that guy my uncle? Is that Vietnam vet with no life supposed to be? <laughs> that's your uncle. And then, then he goes, uh, America goes, and, uh, Hey Forsh. I buy you some, buy you some stuff. He goes, I, I got an Apple stock of some fruit company. And I was like, I have that computer and it sucks. I don't, what is this movie about? And they tried I, doing that again with Benjamin, but I was like, no, no, no. Yeah. You did this to me once before. I'm not playing your history game. Well, it's weird that it ends with Katrina of all things. That was just odd. That's a Hollywood thing. That's yeah. like a, we're listing. There was some love story. I don't know what the movie was, but it ends with them and like meet me in the twin towers. You're like, Oh God. Yeah. I think you realize the movie takes place in 2001 and it's just like, I, I haven't seen the movie, but I've, I've pictured how it ends where he's in one tower and she's the other and they see each other. And then they just see like a blip, like a light. And mm-hmm. it's like, why would you put that in a movie? Like why, why not? Just, right. it's the greatest hits of history. Do it, do what people know. Yeah. Don't play the B signs or whatever. You know, you put in fucking uh, JFK and you put in John Lennon. You put in the most broad, obvious stuff to make dumbasses feel like they're in on the story. Is there any movie that does history justice or does a hero justice? I don't know. Probably not. Born on the 4th of July. (laughs) Uh, I've seen it once. um, No, I, you know, I, I'm sure there is. I, Especially now, because like, because what's in vogue the last couple decades are, are real like history kind of. Well, I don't know because what about that Matt Damon movie where he defends the Great Wall and gets a twenty million dollar paycheck from China? I don't remember what that was. It's called Great Wall. Oh, he, he fights like Transformers and Pokemon and shit or something. I don't know. There was a period where any historical movies, like say up into the eighties, were very like. You know, Spartacus did this and blah, 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 blah. And then it went to more like realism, like tragic anti-hero type stuff. Sure. And now I feel like it's dipping back up because people are so depressed all the time. That it's like, oh, yeah, the Elton John bio picture is, uh, yeah, it's basically he he knew all the lyrics beforehand and he, he knew exactly what to write. He did a little cocaine, got a little sad, but it all worked out. Right. Oh, he was gay and his parents found out and they, they were kind of didn't like it at first, but then they're fine. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, that's great! That's yeah. just a and he know. he got approval on this movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he he produced. It. He was executive producer. Okay, yeah. interesting. And you, you just don't get the, like the real. You don't get the real stuff. But then are they, just, you know, countering my point? Are they just trying to make it like uh, bring back the magic to where you're not feeling bad about things and knowing too much? Well, you're saying. I'm getting mixed messages. I, I'm giving myself mixed. No, messages. No, that's fine. It's because we've talked about this before. Like, don't meet your heroes. I think in like John Lennon's case, I think it's sobering to meet your heroes, not the Mark David Chapman. Well, he wasn't, he was more of a Jodie Foster fan. He didn't like, 
No, Mark John. Dave Chapman was a huge John Lennon, a huge Beatles fan. And then oh. he started going down this spiral of like thinking that they were being uh, essentially phony, you know, that they weren't, you know, right. um, that they had let people down and John Lennon, you know, let people down. He started getting angry. He wrote a whole song know. about not letting people down. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you let me down. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so that Mark David Chapman basically built up this whole anger with him, but he was a huge fan. Okay. That yeah. makes the most sense. Cause if you were indifferent to that doesn't Beatles, necessarily make you kill a person of being indifferent, you need some passion. I found when I meet David Lee Roth, mm-hmm. I hope I'm that was your chance. That was your last chance to see him. Probably. I can just imagine there's a couple things that could happen. I go, I burst into his, he's going to be in a Las Vegas hotel room, obviously, or in a Malibu compound. And he's sitting there and he's got a katana next to him. There's probably little people around like there always are, but he turns around and I had the gun already, the 38 special. And okay. I'm like, you shouldn't have left the band, you know? He's like, what band? Like like Van Halen. He's like, Van who? And Van Halen. And then he sees, he finally acknowledges the gun, you know, the haze washes off and he sees the gun. He's like, just do it, man. (laughs) Or I can see David Lee Roth having some sort of security detail that he, when I burst in, he just kind of goes and they hold off for a second. Mm -hmm. And so he can listen to what I'm saying you know, about how he's wronged me and, and, you know, Sammy Hagar was not the right full, you know, throne mm-hmm. taker. And then he would snap and then they'd cut my hand off. Right. <laughs> and then, and then he, he lets you live. He'd throw the hand to the little people. Okay. You know, well, like, so what we eat food. We what, don't eat people. Yeah, so, yeah, they, they cut your hands off. They cut out your tongue and your eyes. Yeah. And they push you out in the Las Vegas strip. Yeah. But I think they dress you up as Bumblebee from Transformers and they, they tape a cup to your hand. Blood is seeping through the costume. <laughs> You're just walking up and down the strip and you're just another, and you realize all those horrible dress Mickey Mouses that are just like, all these horrible characters are just people who try to kill David try, Lee Roth. Yeah, try to kill David Roth. Or they try to kill uh, Celine Dion or Katy Perry or Zed or whoever has a residency there. And they try and figure out who it was and they'd be like, we have this sample of glitter. But then they realize that for Katy Perry, David Lee Roth, all those, they all wear glitter. All right. And they can't trace right. the glitter back to anybody. It's not a great way to remember a former hero. But he's like 65. But once again, he's lived more lives than you'll ever know. I think Eddie Van Halen's death really did a number on him, though, because it made him feel like there's if there's always a Van Halen, this goes with anything in life. If, mm-hmm. if there's always a Van Halen to go back to, then it doesn't, you know, if time feels infinite, you can do anything. And you feel like you have all the time in the world because you can always go back to Van Halen. But when the Van Halen and Van Halen dies. Uh, you can't do that anymore. And I think it made him in his own way feel m- mortal and maybe more self-aware. I don't know how self-aware a David Lee Roth can get because he's the original know. front man. Right. He's the original. When you think of the eighties front man, he's, he's it. Yeah, he's yeah. the guy. Yeah. And that's the death of a, of a tall tale of a, a huge figure because I'm sure he just looked in the mirror and realized, I don't have any, I don't have any hair anymore, man. Right. Or whatever. And, and, uh, yeah, there's a, it's gotta be a weird reckoning happening. I think he has cancer and he's about to die, which would be unfortunate because I wanted to see him live. (laughs) 
Because <laughs> once again, it goes back to what you want. Yeah. It's mostly yeah. thank you for centering me. Because yeah. I've only seen him live once, and it was just go to the Wind Buffet where he's staying. Yeah, and just you find him. He's in the I back. Actually go to whatever strip clubs around his hotel. At some point, I'm sure he's just. Oh, I don't know. I, guess, I could be wrong because there's the the what's his name Flint Larry Flint. He's like to the bitter end. He's like boner. <laughs> I love sex. It's like Larry. None of it work. You can't even be like medically. You can't be horny anymore. You're old and your bottom half doesn't work. And he's like more breast. It's like a pile of jelly in a chair. Yeah. Like what do you even? Just what are the strippers grinding on? To the bitter end. That's yeah. that's what he was. Was just like he, he went down. I mean, his whole thing, you know, whatever, free speech and mm. doing his whole thing. So it's like, I'm just saying there's similarities between Walt Disney and Larry Flint where he's just like, you know, he talked to him. He's like, the Larry Flint out there likes booze and babes and broads and bodies. You know what they're, what they're Photoshopping out when Larry Flint points like that? <laughs> Give him like a, one of those, if he's at a baseball game with a big mitt or like NASCAR, <laughs> I think you can sometimes they have to redraw his entire hand from the wrist <laughs> when he's, he's we have the technology today. It's just how much do you really want to spend on it? Mm-hmm. I just imagine him being like, but the Larry Flynn at home doesn't drink. Larry Flynn at home loves Disneyland. Larry Flynn can't go to Disneyland. <laughs> can't be seen there. Larry Flynn talks in the third person. Larry Flynn's a dirty old man. Yeah. Like, okay. Do you want me to leave or, uh, yeah, heroes. He was not a hero to me. No, not to Woody Harrelson was that. That's, here's one thing. I enjoy our talks. I enjoy what we're doing. But there's no but. Oh, I was hoping for it. I guess if there was a but, it would be to say. <laughs> I hate podcasts. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I hate obligations i hate anything getting in the way of a good chat which is what i all i really want this to be um what i don't like really though is the the forced structure i'm okay with structure we came up that was an accident what the hero legends no super accident because so okay like this is probably where the podcast should have started but fuck it who cares i don't want to be that anymore. I don't want to be the, um, well, Hey, Oh, we're having a great conversation. Dick pills, dick pills, uh, VPN, uh, food that comes in a cardboard box. Well, it would have been like, Oh, Aaron, speaking of, uh, Van Halen, do you want your cybersecurity to be more secure when you steal movies from Netflix? It's like, yeah. And, well, I know like uh, the most recent memory of that. I mean, we did it. We've done that stuff for years, but like when we did critical, uh, the, the official podcast, we did those guys, they did it and they did it like with grace, but like, there's still that part of you that's like, Oh, we're having a good talk about the phantom, but this is the reality of it. Mm-hmm. I never want to do that ever again. If we ever do it, it's going to be a joke. It's going to be something we have fun with. And I know we didn't, we have a video out. We should have a video out and we haven't filmed it yet, but talking about like, we're doing a Patreon because this is how you make content and create a, You create things in this, this day and age. I want to keep doing stuff like this where we can just 
pick something, but the idea is we pick a theme and we stick to that theme and we keep some sort of purpose around it. It is a meaningful, hopefully entertaining conversation that we're having that we edit out the awfulness. No, not the awfulness, just the names. I said that R word. (laughs) (laughs) I'm used to editing that out. There's still that producer mindset I have where I'm like, I have it too. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking before this where, was having lunch and you were like, oh, I just, I, I'm, I feel like everything's live. And it's like, well, no, we can edit stuff. We don't have to, we don't have to worry about like sitting up straight or like right now, I think I realize we have two lights over here. So I think this part of our face is probably covered in shadow. It kind of looks like an interrogation, which I, I which I like. like. Yeah. And uh, uh, I there, could open this. No, 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 no. They'll see us. <laughs> oh, it's actually nice. It's it? a nice light now. Yeah. Well, yeah, the sun's not barreling. Regardless, I'm, this all this is all stuff that's forgivable because at the end of the day, I'm hoping we're just making purposeful stuff that we want to make and that resonates with somebody with the promise that we just won't sell out. It's a weird way of saying it. We've sold out we already. We won't be phony. If Mark David Chapman ever he would he would shake our hand. He would never be like you change from what you are. It's just will never be as uh, successful as I can, even Ringo. I cannot wait for the, the and it only happened once. Like we're like, okay, we'll do one ad for boner pills. Just right. one. Just we one. do the one cut to three weeks later. I'm coming out of a Hooters or whatever. Mm-hmm. And some guy is, you know, way in the parking lot and he's got, you know, a little book with him, a uh-huh. red book. Uh-huh. And he's, you know, got a, a rook poster, you know, sign, <laughs> I sign. And I'm like, is that it? And he's like, yeah. Thanks. And I go, all right. And I go to the car and I hear footsteps behind me and I start, you know, walking faster. And then <clears throat> you pop out and shoot me. And right, of course, guy yeah. runs off. Yeah. Um, well, that guy has an erection. Yeah. And you just couldn't take it anymore. And that's why. Yeah. It was just, this is yeah. like, the thing is we could have done three ads. Oh yeah. But Aaron said, no, we only do the one. Just one to taste. No, <laughs> that's, that's the hope with this is that I guess if there's like any, once again, my stupid producer mind is stepping in. I'm like, Oh, what if people are confused? Like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe we'll, we just stay on this, this, path. we stay my on mind. this path. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, right. I'm right there with you. And also from the same way of like, uh, as, as far as having like messaging and themes and things we pursue, like it all goes back to what you're saying about purposeful talks about, you know, this wandered into legends and magic and what, you know, building up your heroes and that sort of thing, which I know we'll touch upon again because it's funny mm-hmm. and it's fun yeah. and it's real and it's real to us and to other people. But like, that's to me, in my mind, purposeful, stuff to talk about that's in line with what we've wanted to do with this whole enterprise. Like, yeah, it's, I think it's, it's a building block of what we want to make, but it's something that's sustainable. But then also like we've, we've even already said, you know, when we're at lunch, it's like, you made a joke like, for the podcast. And I'm like, no, never. <laughs> well, we joke about it. Cause yeah. like Live that. we were saying like, yeah. we never want to say, save it for the podcast because that used to always be said around where we're like, I never yeah. said that. Cause I hate that. Yeah. Like I hate like why save it? Cause I think it comes from a place of I want to save the reaction and the talk of it to make it seem fresh or whatever. Sure. But it's like, 
you know what, you can revisit those talks and you can make it, you know, we're like, oh, you know, we were talking about blah, blah, blah. And you talked about the setup of it yeah. and where your mind went. And then you can add on to it because you've been thinking about it and you've been discussing it already. Right. And that's how conversation actually goes. Yeah. And I have no illusions that I'm a world-class storyteller. Oh, I trip, suck. I trip over. I, it's like watching Memento sometimes where I'm working my way backwards <laughs> and there's some details that are fuzzy and then eventually go, wait, Oh no, that doesn't make any sense. And I go, well, hold on. Let me tell it backwards again, because that's how my stupid brain works. Mm -hmm. But so like I, it almost makes things better if we have a more prolonged discussion and I get all the garbage out. So I'm going to keep, I'm just going to keep doing that. I don't know. There's nothing I'm going to be like, Oh, I'm going to blur his mind in this podcast. And I know you're not going to, and that's, that takes off the pressure. Cause I can't do it. I know I'm not going to be wowed. I have nothing to wow you with. I have nothing to wow you with. My life's boring. You know what's funny? <laughs> yeah. When I first met, um, you and, and kind of all the, um, yeah, you, you guys were fun house by that point, but when I yeah, met yeah, you and, and all them, I was, <clears throat> I had only seen a few of you guys things, but I was like, this dude's legit is when I was first meeting you. I was like, this dude's legitimately funny. And at the time I was so insecure in my own funniness. It's, I knew I, I mean, I could write and I knew I could be funny, but I was so insecure in my funniness. I'm like, I have to impress hmm. the, these, these dudes. And it was before any girls were there, or these guys. And, you know, and it, there's always this pressure to like be funny. And when there's, when you're trying to be funny, you're not funny. Like, that's yeah. just how it is. Like, you either naturally it or you're telling jokes, but if you're trying to force funny, it doesn't fucking work. Yeah. And I think the first thing I did, like when you came by the office, I think I remember Chris was at a desk or something like that. And the first thing I did was I like, kicked him in the nuts. <laughs> I tried. To I just saw that. And we're like, he's the alpha. Yeah. I tried to impress you yeah. by kicking this guy in the nuts who he got so upset with. Well, you know, as you would. I don't think I even noticed or even remember. Notice. Yeah. And uh, it was so funny. And then I, I got to know you and, and everyone else. I was like, no, it's just, you know, just fun people, funny people <clears throat> that I can have an easy conversation with. And I really enjoy that. I didn't even have to kick anyone in the nuts anymore. And that's good. All that stuff. Uh, I, I mean, I, that's, I think a reason why you and I stayed in touch and stayed friends was, my, my, ins I, I was insecure that way too, of the, I feel like I need to keep up this appearance or this image. Um, there's, I've heard people say like, you know, some people be like, Oh, Adam's life of the party. Oh, he wants to, you know, he's just jokey, jokey, funny guy. And people personal in my life are like, no, he's not. That's not who he is. There's like, always that. Yeah. But, but it's like, clearly I was putting on a mask. I was, yeah. I was trying to be something, but I remember when you and I would hang out, I'm like, ah, eh, there's this like, I don't know. There's this calming of like, Oh, Aaron's a legit guy. Like he's not, I've never felt like even after kicking people in the nuts who you claim to care about, mm -hmm. <laughs> I never once got the vibe that you were anything other than yourself. Like you're kind of unapologetically Sometimes my own detriment myself, but I know. think that's what I, in a way I was jealous of, of like, fuck, I wish I knew who I was. I wish I had an identity in some way instead of, just being whatever people needed me to be. That was, that was just something I had growing up for a long time was this identity disorder of like, no one likes me. No one likes when I'm myself. So 
if I be something that they want, then I will have friends. Then I will have colleagues. Then I'll be good. And it's like, at some point for the longest time, I thought I was bipolar. I thought I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm happy. I'm sad. This is this constant push and pull. I have a better understanding where that stuff was coming from. And it was just a lot of emotional irregularities, irregularities that I was dealing with. And I don't know, but it was like, you and I always had like these very sobering talks where I'm like, I, you and I would just make each other laugh, but I, it never came from a place of like, I'm, I'm exhausting myself trying to be this. And I was like, that's the other person exhausting me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just beating them into submission uh-huh. with my, my chats. Um, but yeah, I, I, just it's don't, fun, I, I don't remember you kicking anyone in the nuts. I definitely, man, I kicked Chris so hard in the nuts and, and he was so upset. And I think you were just like, all right. Yeah. You know, and you just kind of walked out or whatever. But Texas. Yeah. Cool. I think, uh, I think the last couple of years, people have been doing that same, like really trying to like legitimately figure the, the ones who are self-aware and introspective, which is a lot of people, they're trying to figure out who they are, uh, you know, in ter- cause it used to be like. I'm my job. And then you're like, well, when you take away the job, what are, what am I, mean, I? You know, uh, yeah. You know, I mean, but it goes down to people who were not goes down. It goes to people who are, uh, I don't know, accountants or they're in sales or they're doing whatever. They're like, Oh wow. You take away this part. And it's like, you know, who am I? Like what, what makes me happy? Like what, you know, how do I not push down this voice inside me? That's like, Hey, go do something else, go live more life, go to, you know, like basically trying being awoken in a, in a crazy way, you know, to, to who they are. And it's, it's scary because suddenly, you know, when you're faced with that, you're like, wow, um, you know, what's been important to me the last 25 years or, you know, however old they are, you know, they're, they start, I don't know. They're just having it. It's cool. It's really yeah. fucking cool, but it, everyone's been going through it and it's, it's been wild. Like, yeah, it makes people on one hand, like there's been a lot of more understanding in some ways that I've come across people. And then some people have just like lost their, their goddamn minds because they're, everyone's on edge and they suddenly like, you know, they've got this pent up, like, <laughs> like meanness with their life, you know? And yeah. yeah. It really put a lot of stuff in perspective of like, what's important and like it's upturned a lot of people's lives and like i'm not grateful for it and the the effect it's had on the world but at the very least i can have this sort of zen attempt of looking at it like okay i can look at everything as a good or a bad or i can just do the chinese farmer i don't know if you know the story of the chinese farmer but the idea is that like maybe maybe the world is just chaos and what we see in nature is not necessarily good or bad. It just is. And what we perceive as something being positive or negative are probably neither. Mm-hmm. The, the story uh, you can find online, it's like an Alan Watts uh, video, but he's telling this story. My brother shared it with me over a year ago and it like changed a lot of my perspective of the world. The idea is there's a Chinese farmer and one day his horse runs away and his neighbors are like, well, that's bad. And he goes, maybe next day the horse comes back, but it brings a bunch of horses with them. And they're like, that's so great. You have all these horses now. He goes, maybe. So then the next day, his son is trying to like train the horses, try to get them in line. And he, one of the horse buckles and he falls off, breaks his leg. And now his son's injured and can't work on the farm anymore. And neighbors are like, oh, that's so terrible. Maybe. 
Next day, the Chinese conscripts come by and they're recruiting for a war and they see the son in the bed and his legs broken and they move on and they go, that's so great. Your son didn't go to war. And he goes, Maybe and like you never know. It's just that's and then the nuclear bomb comes and drops over their village and wipes everything out. Yeah. And the pilots are talking back to their commanders in the U S base. And they're like, God, we shouldn't have done that. And the guy's like, maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> the end way to make a positive into a negative. Yeah. I like it. Even though it wasn't supposed to be a positive regardless. It's like, it, it did change my view of the world of like one. I value being home. I value being family. I value my personal time and my mental health. So it's like, I'm trying, cause I can sit there and just go, this thing is terrible. It's ruining everyone's life or go, is there something I can take away from this to try to improve my outlook on life? Cause otherwise it's, yeah, I'm going to be the person going crazy and I can't do that. I, did I talk about this on something? Cause I spoke with you about it, about when I was getting into the accident with the guy on the highway. You told me about it, but even if you, I don't care, tell it again. I can't remember if I talked. Yeah. It was on Joe Rogan when you were watching it, but you were talking at him. You go, thanks Joe. And you mute the other, you, you mute, uh, Alex Jones when he's talking. Uh, and yeah. you go, oh, I got some things to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. No, I, um, yeah, this is, uh, a, a few months ago. So I'm driving, I'm driving to Houston. It's raining. Traffic gets really bad. And as I'm driving, one of the lanes is shutting down. So I have to merge into this other lane and I'm late and I got on the road late and it's, it's just disgusting outside and I need to merge over. And there's this guy in the suburban, you know, and I could see him through it. He's in his work clothes, kind of like almost like mechanics looking clothes. And he just, you know, he's just been working all day and it's a pandemic and he probably fucking hating it and all this stuff. And I'm trying to merge over and he sees me and he's like, he's not giving it up, not giving it up. And I'm like, motherfucker, you know, and, and we're just like seeing each other getting closer and closer and closer until we ram each other. We ram each other and we're, we're bouncing off each other. This is a, a land cruiser and a suburban yeah. just bouncing off each other. And, and then we pull the side of the road. It's pouring heavier now. And I'm like, this motherfucker, blah, blah. you know, I'm just like, I'm going through getting out my insurance. I'm getting my camera out to record it and blah, blah, blah. And I get out of the, the car and I'm like, I go up to his window and he, he puts it down. He's already got, you know, got a cigarette going and, and I'm like holding my stuff and I'm ready. And, and I look at him and he looks at me and I'm just like, fuck, what, what, what is, what are we doing? Like, and I was like, man, you have your insurance. He's like, yeah, I got it. And I was like, Hold on one second. And so I go and look at the Land Cruiser and they're both tanks and he's got like no damage on his car. I've got like maybe a little brush mark that I know will polish out. Even though we were bouncing off of each other at like probably 30 or 40 miles an hour. And I just like, I go back up to him like, just go, man, just go. And he's like, all right. And then like puts up the window and it's still smoking and takes off. And at that moment, all I could think was what, what was it? I was in the wrong there just as much as he was. Yeah. I was going to go up and yell at him and be like, what are you fucking doing? Well, and actually in reality, like insurance would have been like, Oh, well you should have slowed down and gotten behind or, you know, whatever. Sure. Who yeah. knows? But I was so 
is just this pent up fucking energy of frustration that everyone's feeling. And I took it out, you know, with road rage, you know, playing bumper cars with some dude who's having probably a shitty day too, but you know, you become a fucking God in your car, you know, can do anything. And he, you know, he's just, and I, you know, you can look at his car and where he's coming from and it's not going to be good if he gets into some fucking insurance thing and all this stuff. And, and I, at that moment I was like, I'm, I'm done with the, the yelling past people and, you know, getting down into the muck of just nonsense, nonsense, anger, like, especially when you're just lying to yourself that you're not at fault, which was what I was doing at that moment. I was like, right. I am infallible. I'm infallible. I'm a victim. Yeah. I'm victim here, but also I'm in charge. And like, it was just a, it was a fucking cluster. I went home and like, I was just, uh, well, I got to Houston rather. And, and I was just sitting there. And I remember my buddy Duff was like, what happened, man? What happened? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I just had to think about like where my mind was at and what my, my priorities were and how I wanted to interact with people and how I needed to be honest with myself about things. It, it was such a, I mean, it was, it was a head fire. I remember I, I told you about it. I was kind of the impetus for, I, f- I forget where, um, how it kind of affected me with, Oh, with this content, this contest of just like wanting to be just like laid out there. Like yeah. I didn't, cause I, at that moment thinking about that situation, I was like, I don't give a shit anymore. I don't want to like, I just want to be p- pure and honest and, and like get to the marrow of stuff. Because when you're not, and you're, you know, trying to pretend like you're not at fault and blah, 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 or you're trying to like be someone you're not, you end up just yelling at someone in the fucking rain and the side of the road, <laughs> you know, who's, uh, who doesn't want to be there either. And it's just, you know, I'm glad you're okay. Cause it usually takes someone's life imploding <laughs> to reach that. Oh, we sort were of, trying. We're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it usually takes a moment of like, there are no do overs and now the rug's been pulled out from under you and then people make that life decision. You know, they fly a plane upside down and all of a sudden they're in court. And even though one doesn't really have to do with the other, it's, well, you were still, I just keep thinking of his face in training day. And that's what I imagine is him looking over. He is wearing a do rag while the plane's upside. It's weird because yeah. And he's, uh, he's still somehow when the plane's upside down, he's pouring, sugar in his coffee for about five and a half minutes. Like he did an American gangster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like he's transformative. He's, he's really good at playing Denzel Washington, mm-hmm. which is what I've learned. He's yeah. a great actor. Uh, trying to think of the one time where he played anything different other than Denzel Washington, Malcolm X. What about in, in virtual man, virtuosity, virtuosity, virtuosity. I guess maybe same director. I want to say as Lawnmower Man, but did he play Denzel Washington? I don't remember. Was it Denzel Washington? Is Denzel Washington virtuosity? Because Russell Crowe was playing like Meth Crow, right? Yeah, yeah. Fun Crow, Fun Crow. Yeah, that's Weekend Crow, Skinny Crow. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Not to, I don't mean punch down. I guess it's punching up, punching. There, Latin. there are guys who can get fat and look good, but in in a way where it's like. They just become big, bearded, lovable guys. And he looks like, like a tow truck driver. Now, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or like, they, I feel like if I get overweight, it's just going to look, it's going to be like disproportion. It's just going to be like, 
a big baby belly, skinny arms, and like a weird ass. Oh yeah, yeah. You kind of get there. I, I, I'm, I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> You've been working hard. What does it with Russell Crowe when he's selling all of his stuff, selling his gladiator underwear? And oh, oh yeah. He's doing. Was that him lying to himself and putting a spin on things because he was in trouble and he just wasn't? Would it have been better if he was like, I fucking hit rock bottom? Because keep in mind, he's doing all this stuff. He looks like Santa Claus Crow. Yeah. You know, if he had been virtuosity Crow, he's like, I'm selling all this stuff. I don't need the gladiator underwear. Right. I don't need, you know, and then people are like, yeah, well, it, comes yeah, down to, it comes down to how can you sell it? Basically. Was he just selling or was he like, he's fine? Is he? Yeah, he has to be. He's not at like Comic Con level yet. I doubt it. No. All right. I don't know. He just likes to drink and hang out. That gets expensive when you're buying stuff and you're drinking and you're getting houses. He has multiple houses. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he's been in recently. I know the Jekyll and Hyde role didn't really work for him in the Mummy franchise. So that's a bummer. Mm-hmm. He was kind of meth crow in that. Yeah, for the forty five seconds he's in that movie. But I was like, you don't get a big payday for forty five. I mean, you can, but not not when you're. No. But that was that was meant to be a that was an investment. <laughs> yeah. That was. <laughs> I see. You just like the... all the things he had invested in that he was selling at auction. His. You know, yeah. gladiator uh, leather underwear and his, you know, I mean, I get dinosaur it. bones. I'm, I'm, I mean, who knows? Maybe it's just like clutter. You're like, do I really want this MF Doom it mask like in clutter. my house? It seemed like desperation. <sighs> I don't know. Well, they got like there's like the Nick Cage level where it's like it becomes its becomes its own movie. Have you seen that yet? I want to see it. It's weird. I'm not ending because I want to end. I have to I'll, go to the bathroom. Yeah. So and there's no bathroom here. This has been the first of few episodes of this Null and Void podcast um, because we don't want to burn ourselves out. Because mm-hmm. so I want to have introspective discussions where we tell the same story six times. We'll do that. I hope I, I didn't repeat that Land Cruiser story. Why? Run out. What do you care? Because... I like a good story. Well, we, we, all, we all have about 10 of them in us. I have some mind things that I'm worried about, which I go, I'm going to save it for the podcast. Uh, <laughs> but for the next, like, I'm worried about repeating myself. It's a, it's a thing in my family where people end up repeating themselves, repeating themselves. Mm. And then they just like go down the spiral where you don't listen anymore because you're like, you heard the same thing. And I don't want to, you know, get on my like, yeah, I almost killed a man on the road story mm-hmm. more than I have to. More than what teaches a lesson to the loyal viewers. How about you just get better at telling it? Yeah, well, so much you embellish. That. Listen to the two people who signed up on Patreon as, and they signed up as uh, not scum level members. Mid tier. They signed up as uh, second rate. Thank you. Thank you for your second rate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like how you put there will be no call outs. There's no fucking call outs. I, I not, know their names and yeah. their email addresses. This is all you get. There's only two of them. I know who they are. I'm still not going to fucking say anything about I just, that. there's, there's beauty in the simplicity of just, that's it. Here's the thing. It gets made. That's it. That's, there is. That's done. I'm, let us continue to live our lives. You live your lives. We'll do this when we can, when you're in town or I'm visiting you, and then we'll just keep doing this. And it's being influenced right now by Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, which I'm currently reading. It's, it's going to be very Zen. I'm reading uh, The Wizard of Oz and Other Narcissists, which is about narcissism, uh, and Slaughterhouse-Five. 
Really? Two very different books. Mm-hmm. All right. Never read any Vonnegut ever before. And Cat's Cradle or anything? The me, Cat Stevens song? No. Oh. Uh, I'm just, I'm just. Musef, I think is his name now. Uh, I think it's Musef, uh, world peace. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a basketball player. Yeah. No, I was just trying to be a literary, uh, pompous, arrogant, um, show off. I can illegally download books too. Let me name all of Vonnegut's uh, books he was writing while under the influence of young women or whatever he was doing. Did he write Where the Sidewalk Ends? Yeah. That's a good one. That one's nice. The Giving Tree was a country music singer. He looks like a scary bald man. Or maybe I'm thinking of Richard Scary. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think they might look the same. My goal is actually maybe there is no ending to the podcast. It's got to end fucking soon. There's only three minutes left on this the ending. The ending is when we just run out of time. Because then we have no choice. Because I think that's... I hate podcasts. Yeah. And I, I think I got a little triggered... I guess it's triggering to even say trigger these days. It doesn't yeah, that's matter. boomer to say trigger, but go It on. is a little bit. Yeah, I get it. I, I didn't mean it in that way, but I, I felt something stand up on the back of my neck when you're like, we should end this. And I was like, I got that, I that feeling of like, I know. Hey, 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 we got, we got, and broadcast like, has got to do whatever. You know what I got right now? Nothing. Actually, I do have stuff I have to do, but I'm all I, yeah. I'm valuing your time because you flew out here. I mean, I guess we could be in Austin, but it's hard to tell. This is based on the police helicopters. You know where we're in Austin. <laughs> There's more gunshots. There here, are no places like this in Austin. This is a very unique LA experience. This, I imagine, barely survived the riots. It looks like it hasn't been touched since the riots. It may have been left alone. I think this is actually maybe Ground Zero. Oh, yeah. We are next to K Town. Oh yeah, yeah. This may have been that. This was the uh, the shot heard around. Uh, Mahalan or whatever. Yeah, I can see it. I can imagine this from the helicopter already. We're in a... Oh, this is a landmark. You can charge more for people to be here. Yeah, let's, we'll sell let's tickets. see how much we can... Tra- this studio that we're, we're thinking about thinking, starting yeah. here. We're dipping our toe in into the, the studio biz. I literally dipped my toe in the back mud as I was taking a piss. yeah. One day Chuck D is going to come here or whatever and be like, I'm, I'm doing a new album. It's great. Where do I pee? Out back. Out there. Uh, out the window. Somewhere next to the dilapidated uh, wheelchair access motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, with our last minute. Yeah, I'll just keep talking. I don't know. This is fun. beeping. Or was it beep? Or am I just, I have tinnitus. Tinnitus, yeah. What is that from? It's from a few things. From playing in a band when I was younger. From working on cars. Um... And editing. That'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. The good thing is we'll lose video, but the audio will live on forever. Oh, wait. The audio goes to the cameras. Not the backup. The backup. Audio. We have backup. That's probably... Wow. It's still going. Good for you, laptop. I will we say... We should end. We should yeah. end, but I do want to end it on a positive note by saying something like, this was a pleasure. I actually... We did a whole series of these with Rook doing the whole log thing, and it was during that where like... Why don't we just keep doing this? This is nice. I have a whole thing I want. I have tons of things I want to talk about. Yeah. For this next one, your your uh, agenda. Well, I got some things. Yeah. Did we talk about daily raw? A little too much. Oh, next thing I want to talk about is my eHow articles. We know what eHow articles has anything to do with heroes. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's the perfect spot. 